Look forward to this coming weekend. Great time with the Lord. And then coming up in a couple of weeks is Easter. We want to remember that. Reach out to our family and close friends. You know what would really be wonderful if we had to put about a hundred more chairs out for Easter Sunday. I think we could do that. Wouldn't that be an awesome time? Amen. Come on. Let's, we ought to get excited. I can't clap real loud right now, but somebody clap for me. My wife's threatening me, so I'm going to have to preach with my left hand in my pocket. If you look at me and you see that, it's not an attitude of indifference. It's an attitude of obedience. She doesn't even know what she stirred up or what I've stirred up. Maybe I don't know what I've stirred up. Book of Titus chapter 2. Titus the second chapter. Verse number 11. Down through verse number 15. Titus chapter 2. Verse 11 through 15. You have it? Say amen. If not, Lift up thine eyes. Behold. For the grace of God that bringeth salvation hath appeared to all men. Teaching us that denying ungodliness and worldly lust, we should live soberly, righteously, and godly in this present world. I love that terminology. I hope that we can understand that before we leave. Verse 13, looking for that blessed hope and the glorious appearing of the great God and our Savior Jesus Christ, who gave himself for us that he might redeem us from all iniquity, purify unto himself a peculiar people, a peculiar people, not weird, but set apart. Amen. Set up, selected. You're selected by Him. Peculiar. Zealous of good works. Those, these things speak and exhort and rebuke with all authority. Let no man despise thee. Everybody said amen. I want to talk to you for a few moments tonight about the education of a child of God. Amen. Everybody said amen. You may be seated. There is soon to be another royal wedding in England. And I dare say that it will, as all of the others have been in recent times, an item that will captivate the world and its attention for a period of time. Just the the sheer splendor and the regal uh, way at which they go about things. But there's much that's going on before that royal wedding. And one of those items is the education of Meghan Markle. The young lady that is to be the wife of Prince Harry is being sent through an educational process now. 
She is being taught how the royal family lives. She is now getting a serious education and tutelage when it comes to a number of areas. I read recently that Prince Harry had been trying to prepare her for this time by giving her test. How many fiancés give their test to see whether or not you're going to be able to cut the mustard? So for some time, he has secretly been been going through what he knew was coming when this day was announced, that there would be certain things that she would have to understand and know about the royal family. One of them is how to properly address dignitaries and how to properly address the extended members of the royal family. And then she will be taught how to curtsy. And not only how to curtsy, but the list of royalty to which she is expected to curtsy. And then in turn, those that are expected to curtsy to her. When I was reading through some of this, I laughed a little bit because I thought, They would have put me out the back door really quick because I would be bowing when I would need to be standing and I would be standing. A certain person is in. There are so many little nuances. If a certain person is in the room, then they bow to her. But if there's one alone, then she curtsies to them and all of it's part of the royal family. Amen. The royal family. Her tableside manners will be going over. She will be taught proper etiquette when it comes to eating at the royal table, dinners and affairs that she will be a part of, and how she will be expected to conduct herself. You don't tuck your napkin in at a royal dinner, just so you know if you ever get invited. Don't don't stuff it in underneath your collar. There are certain protocols that are expected, and so she is being educated now in those ways. She is going to learn the rules of the house. There are certain protocols that are still expected. There are expectations in her life that are going to surpass any other demand that life would make upon her. Whatever else she might think, She is subjugating that to the fact that she is now going to be part of the royal family. Now, I doubt very seriously if she likes curtsying or bowing or some of the other little nuances that she's going to have to be mindful of. But understanding who she is, she submits herself to that role as part of the royal family. And one of the Rules of the royal family are that there are no selfies with royalty. Now that would probably derail about 99.99% of our social structure right now. But there, there's no, you, you don't take selfies with the royal family. That was just one little minor thing that I noted. She will also have to brush up on her British history. 
a very short period of time, she will have to learn all there is to know about being a British citizen. Not only that, but she will take a 24-question test regarding, regarding several serious historical facts, dates, figures, all just to be a part of the royal family. 36-year-old will also get a crash course on royal fashion, what she should and should not wear. I read one incident that is now being made public that when Princess Diana was in this particular stage of courthood with with her husband-to-be, that she walked in prepared for a, a royal dinner that she had been invited to, although they were only engaged. She came in in a full black dress, beautifully designed by one of the top designers of England, And she was so proud of her dress. It was so beautiful on her. And when she walked in, her husband-to-be looked at her and said, Are you planning on wearing that? She was introduced to royal attire. There are things you do and do not wear. There are ways you dress and you do not dress. Because you are now part of the royal family. Now, I'm sure that knowing Meghan Markle's background and knowing where she came as a model, as just an actress from Hollywood, perhaps a model, there are certain things that are going to go against her natural leanings and inclination. There's going to be things that, no doubt, will rub her the wrong way. There will be some things that she will want to know why in the world is important that I do that. But I doubt if she's willing to give up the privilege of being part of the royal family just because she doesn't understand why you don't wear that or you don't eat that or you don't say that or you do this or you don't do that. Because she wants to be part of the royal family. Man. There's a lot of things about the royal family that are unique only to them. And yet no one in, uh, in that, in that court would dare refute those things because they represent what the royal family is. It is distinct. It's unique. Nothing like it in the rest of the world. They don't want it to be like the rest of the world. That's why through the years they have meticulously maintained the royal etiquette. The royal protocols. If you go do a little research, you'll find many, many uh, instances where the information is given as to how the royal family, how they live. It is a different lifestyle. It, it is a a life that takes over their life. And the things that they might once would have done Now that they are part of the royal family, they don't do those things. They refrain from that. All just to be part of a human royal family. I would dare say if any young lady from our church had 
had had the privilege of being married into royalty. I, I doubt very many of us would turn that down. Even with all its restrictions. Even with all the do's and don'ts and the cans and can'ts. Just being a part of that family is enough in itself. And so any of us would probably subjugate our own desire for the greater good of the royal family. Now Paul's purpose in writing the letters of the New Testament, in my estimation, was to introduce these new creatures, these born-again believers to the royal family of heaven, the family of God. And if you read Paul's writings and the letters to the Corinthian church, he addresses and deals with a lot of problems, but I don't like to use the word problem. He was addressing issues that pertain to the royal family and that as a child of the king of kings, You shouldn't behave that way. You shouldn't act that way. You shouldn't talk that way. You shouldn't dress that way. You need to remember who you are. You're a child of the king. Amen. And knowing that I am a child of the king helps to subjugate my flesh and push my flesh down because if my flesh had its way, it would violate many of those please the king. But because I want to please the king. Because I want him to say, well done, thou good and faithful servant. I do not mind subjugating my flesh to a higher purpose of the royal law. What it means to be in Christ Jesus. In Christ Jesus. That experience of what it means to be a part of the family of God comes with certain requirements. It comes with certain expectations. When Paul was writing to the church, he wrote of these things. But when writing to Titus, he wrote of very personal things. He deals with his role as a minister, his role in Crete where he had been placed as part of the, the revival. And I may be wrong, but Titus, he, he, his background is not Jewish. He's a Greek. And I think uh, most historians believe he was a product of the Antioch revival or he was from that region. So he came into the church in the revival at Antioch and Antioch was, that, that's a message all of its own. But now he has shown his, his, his desire to, to know the things of God and he's, he's risen in the eyes of Paul into a place where Paul can now use him and he puts him in Crete and he tells him that you need to set in order certain things and he gives counsel to Titus concerning the selection of leaders and the qualifications of those who are going to be in leadership All because they are now part of the royal family. The king of kings and the lord of lords. And so he gives 
not only teachings about leadership, but different teachings regarding the ages and the classes of people that they are dealing with and false teaching that that would creep in or perhaps already had crept in. And then their duties to the, the, the government as, as it was at that time. And then he warns him against controversies. But right in the middle of all of that, Paul lays out one of the clearest pictures of the Christian life that you will find anywhere in Scripture. He speaks to us of the great family of God And what it is like to be a child of the King of Kings. And how it all happened. How it all came about. He speaks of the means that allowed us to be brought into this family. We were not born royalty. We were born aliens. We were born uh, alienated from God. But something happened. Something called grace invaded our world. And grace opened a door that allowed us to come into and become part of the family of God. And that grace that has appeared to all men is an experience that we have all enjoyed. Or at least I hope that we have all enjoyed. We're all a product of God's grace. Aren't you thankful for that tonight? The grace that was shed so abundantly upon us. We didn't deserve it. We didn't merit it. But God did something for us that we didn't deserve. To make a spirit. He poured out his spirit in our hearts. To make us part and parcel of his family. There are many things uh, that that have, have transpired in that experience. There are many things that have happened to my life because of that. And I am thankful for that. The grace of God is an amazing thing. I think for any of us, if we spend any time considering the grace of God, we have to agree that it is nothing short of amazing. But there's a lot of misguided thinking about grace in our day. There's... There's a lot of misguided thoughts when it comes to and concerns what grace is and what it does and what it's for. And we hear a lot about grace today, but what we hear seems to be, in my estimation, a counsel uh, concerning uh, just grace's triumph over the law, that we are no longer under the law. And we are free now. We, we live by grace are we saved. And, and uh, that not of ourselves. And they magnified that not of ourselves. And I agree that there is nothing in the salvation uh, experience, uh, the purchasing of salvation that I had a part of. I, I didn't do anything. He did it all. He he came, he lived, he died, he, he rose again victorious that I could experience new life. I didn't have anything to do with that, but I get to share that. He, he shares with me his victory and his triumph and he pours into my life his spirit and I am thankful for that. But the world that we live in stops there at grace. They stop 
at grace's experience. And there's something wonderful about the experience of grace. Are you glad that you've experienced grace? Amen. Anybody remember the night it happened or the day it happened? When grace invaded your world? Turned you around and and you felt things and you experienced things that were out of this world. You try to describe it to people. They just look at you like, what are you talking about? That's how amazing grace is. But for many people today, they lack a full understanding of what grace really is. It's more than just an experience. Amen. And so because most people make grace only an experience, only something that you enjoy, it has become a cloak under which they hide all kind of actions and living and lifestyle and they cover their sins and it has become a license for many people to live on in sin because grace can abound. When grace abounds, why why should I worry? And so men use grace as a get out of jail pass. Oh, it's not about me. It's all about him. That's wrong thinking because it is about you. It is about me. There is an aspect of grace that involves experience. It is that experience of grace that totally informs our thinking, our life. It, it turns us into new creatures or new creations in Christ Jesus. And that experience is a changing experience. Amen. It ushers me into the royal family and we are now new creatures in Christ Jesus. Old things are passed away. But Paul does not stop there with just the experience side of grace. He goes on to bring them into a fuller understanding of what grace's total work is. And that is to teach us. Amen. Everybody say, teach me. You see, few passages set out the moral power of the incarnation like this passage does. Its whole stress is upon not just an experience, but a moral change that takes place in a person's life. That because you have been ushered into the royal family, you are now going to be educated by grace on how to live as a member of the royal family. Now the good part about this story is that if Meghan Markle does not learn the protocols of the royal family, I have a feeling that the royal mother can find a way to end that marriage or that 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 courtship or that engagement. She has to learn before she's brought into the family. She has to learn all of this pre-family, what it means to be a part of the royal family. But he allows us to become a part of the family 
And then he said, all right, now I'm going to teach you what it's like to be my child. Isn't that awesome? You know why that's awesome? Because if he operated like the royal family of England, half of us or more than that wouldn't even be in, we would never make it through the first grade. We'd flunk out of the first class. Because in our fleshly thinking, we're saying, you mean do what? You mean I can't say that? You mean I can't do that? You, you don't mean to tell me I can't go there. When I've been doing that all of my life, I've been acting like that up until now. And so she's having to learn all these things now so she can be brought in and she can truly function as a royal. But he doesn't do it that way. He said, you know what? I know you're not going to get this until you get me, so I'm going to give you me so you can get this. Ah, Hallelujah. Amen. And so he pours his spirit into us while we were yet sinners. While we were yet sinners, Christ died for. While we were still undone, he, he gave himself. He went ahead and paid the price so that I could have access into his family and become part of that royal lineage. And then you come to not just the experience side of grace, but the effect side of grace. Amen. I wish I could teach this the way I feel. I'm up right now. Amen. Now, the world that we live in is hung up on the experience of grace. And there's nothing wrong with it. I I, I rejoice in that experience. But if that's as far as you ever get, you're never going to learn what it is to be a member of his family. Now listen, folks. If a woman or a man would subjugate themselves to things that to the carnal mind may seem ridiculous... They may seem out of place. They may seem old-fashioned. They may seem out of date. They're not up to date with the culture. You know what? The royal family said, I don't care what the culture says. If you're going to be a part of my family, this is what the family says. And this is how the family acts. So we don't take our instructions from our culture. The culture is continually in change in the next phase. Who knows what will be brought into vogue. But I don't take my cue, Sister Kennedy, from the culture that I live in. I take my cue from the word that gives me light on how to be a child of the king. And so... Instead of fighting it, I need to embrace it. This is what I get to do to be a... I'm I'm part of the royal family. Amen. I'm not asking you to ask hoity-toity or whatever, whatever that word means. I'm not asking you to ask arrogant. But there ought to be something about your life that said, I am... The reason that I live this way is because I am part of the royal family. It's not a church dictate. It's not a preacher's dictate. It's not a denominational dictate. It is just part of the royal lineage. This is who he is. So this is who I want to be. Come on, clap your hands to the Lord right now. 
And so the second aspect of grace beyond experience is effect. It is the effect that grace should have on my life. And grace moves me to another level of living. It becomes my teacher. It becomes my instructor in the ways of the royal family. And everything in this book are the rules of the family. Don't hate me. If it's in the book and I want to be a part of the royal family and there's a reason for it. He doesn't ask things of me that are harmful or hurtful. You know what? There's never been one thing the Lord's done to me since I have given my heart and life to him that's been bad. He's never hurt me. Everything he's ever done for me when I've submitted to it has brought me to a better place. Now, I can't tell you that I've come willingly a few times. I bucked and kicked just like everybody else. But somewhere down the line, I come to a point where I realize he was doing this for my good. He wasn't trying to kill me. He was trying to help me live. He was trying to help me find a new level of living. Amen. And so it speaks of the disciplining process to correct inherent ugliness in the human heart. And it works toward certain objectives. Amen. It teaches us. It teaches. Everybody say it teaches us. It educates us. Amen. Just say to yourself right now, God's trying to educate me. He is. He's trying to educate me. He's trying to help me learn some things that if I will listen and I will live by them, they will help make my life better. They will make my life richer. Now, the idea that personal effort has no relationship to my spiritual life is contradictory to all of Scripture. Amen. 2 Peter 1, 5 through 7 says that we are to add to our faith virtue. And the virtue, what? Somebody guess it. You know what I'm saying. It's in the book. Now, the command in the original is you. I'm not doing this for you. I gave you my spirit, but I'm not doing this for you. You're going to have to do this for yourself. Add to your faith virtue and the virtue knowledge. Amen. And all down the line of those things that are required. Why? Because my involvement in this process is important if I am to really enjoy all the blessings of the royal family. Now, just let's just surmise. Let's just say that Meghan Markle rebels and says, you know what? I want to marry Prince Harry, but I am not curtsying to nobody. Guess what? She'll be excluded from every royal affair because they're not going to risk her behaving out of character for the royal family in front of the dignitaries of the world. Now, you can do whatever you want to do. 
Amen. But it may exclude you from some of the things that God wants to bless you with. You can live any way you want to live. But it may stop you from receiving some of the things that God wants to bring into your life. Amen. And so grace begins by teaching us how to live as royals of his family. Amen. How to live as royals of his family. And he wants to invade every area of my life. My thinking, my speaking, my acting, my dressing, my behavior, whatever aspect of my life. Amen. And he wants me to let go of the things that are low so that I can reach and enjoy the things that are high. Amen. And so it begins. Grace's education of my life begins with teaching me to say no. Amen. Everybody say, say no. Say no. Denying ungodliness and worldly love. The grace of God that appeared to all men teaches us It educates us on what to say no to. Amen. Some of you look, but it simply means you're afraid I'm going to get close to where you live right now. I'm not. I'm just, but it simply means refuse, reject, refute, contradict. I love that. What do you mean? I mean, there's things that are going to come into my life that when they come into my life, there ought to be enough of God in me to say, oh, 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 stop right there. Hold on. You're not coming in my house. You're not bringing that in this place. But I used to be your best friend. I know you used to be a lot of things, but you're not anymore. And so grace contradicts some things. Contradicts something. Grace blocks something. That's that's one rendering of the word in the Greek. It blocks things. No, no, not on your life. I'm not going back to that. I'm not becoming that again. And so grace teaches me to say no. That there are certain actions and there are certain attitudes and there are certain tendencies and there are certain desires that do not measure the royal code. So you just don't do them. Now, are you going to wig out over, well, I don't like that I don't get to do that. Are you going to rejoice that you get to be a part of the royal family? Amen. And here's the problem. Too many people spend all their life fighting what God's trying to help bring them to a better place with because their flesh doesn't like it. Their carnality doesn't. My, I, I will be honest with you tonight. Too honest. But my carnality, my carnality loves to gossip. Oh, 
Come on, that halo's getting too high right now. Pull it down a little bit. You're blinding me. Come on. My carnality, it loves to hear a little juicy story. Did you know? Antenna perks up. Uh. Now we're talking about me. We're not going to talk about you tonight. And there's things about me that if you really knew, probably would make you think the less of me. Because my flesh is just like your flesh. There are just some things, and you know, it wants to be free. But when, when my flesh is free, I am bound. I become a, 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 I become a prisoner to habits. And I become a prisoner for ways of reacting and, 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 a, and a tongue that cannot be controlled. And so the first effect of grace on me should be to teach me how to live and act and talk and dress and behave as a part of the royal family. Say no, first of all, to yourself. Because if you'll say no to yourself, that no will close the door to a lot of other things that will come creeping in if you ever say yes. Or if you just don't answer. If you just say, well, you know, I don't know. Just say no. Amen. Everybody say no. You shouldn't do that. You shouldn't act like that. There ought to be something in us that is related to the Holy Ghost, still, there should be enough of that in us, hopefully, that even when our flesh acts out, there ought to be something in us that speaks up and says, hold on a second. That's not how a child of God acts. That's not how a child of God speaks. And it ought to smite, it ought to cause something to smite our hearts so that we want to repent and say, Oh God, forgive me for acting. Forgive me for saying that. Forgive me for thinking that because that's not in character with your family. I need to say no to certain actions. I need to say no to certain leanings. I need to say no to certain desires. Amen. I may have done them before, but that didn't mean that they're right. And grace is teaching me. As a child of the king, this is how we dress. This is how we behave. This is how we speak to one another. This is how we treat one another. Brotherly kindness. Amen. That's curtsying. That's giving a bow to your brother. You know, you, you know what? If I could help the uh, uh, our church, not just our church, but any, if I could help people in this one area, I believe revival would break out in every church. And that is just give your brother or sister the benefit of the doubt. Quit being so stinking critical. I knew they was going to do that. I, I knew it. I knew it. I knew it. That's just, I, that's just, I, I saw it. I saw it in them. 
It's amazing how many people think that they see things after the fact rather than before the fact. But give them the benefit of the doubt. Make room for them. Amen. Don't have to, they, they don't have to, to, to be, be perfect in every way, but give room for them. One of grace's important roles is to teach me something about holiness. Personal holiness. First of all. Now we like to use holiness as a tool to beat over people's heads and and you don't, you're not living right. You're not doing right. You're not dressing right. You're, holiness is a spirit, first of all. It has to come into my inner being. And once it invades my inner being, it makes its way out to my outer being. But we try to skin them and scale them before we've ever got them filled with the Holy Ghost. Come on, folks. I'm not saying you do, but I'm just saying as a whole, as a church, oh, our history has been, we try to disciple them before they're ever a disciple. Amen. Let grace teach them and grace will teach them. You know, it's, you don't have to sit there with a rule book and every time they come to church, say, oh, three weeks, three, 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 three weeks. I noticed three weeks. You're still acting like that? You're still, come on folks, grace is still working. And hopefully it's still edging. They're gonna, and somewhere down the road, they're gonna get it. They're gonna hear it. They're gonna, they're gonna understand that being part of the royal family elevates my life to a different level. And because I'm at this level, there's things that I'm willing to do and that I will do because I am part of his family. Amen. Grace will educate me to the ways of God. Amen. You know what? I think probably 90% of our problems will be solved when we're facing a situation if we just ask ourselves a few questions. Could I do that with God here? Would I say that if God was right here present? Now, He is, but I mean, in our mind, we don't... We don't see him, so we don't think he's there. But if he was there, we could visibly see God. Would we say that? Would we go there? Would we connect to that if God was sitting beside us? Amen. Amen. What are you talking? I'm talking about the effect side of grace, the part that nobody wants to talk about anymore. But it teaches us to deny ungodliness. I have tried all day long to find a proper definition for ungodliness. And it's one of those words that is just, it's just hard to find the best definition. But this is what I, I just dissected it. Ungodliness is godless living it's it's living extracting god that's ungodliness and i know there's a more sophisticated experience but basically ungodliness is the lack of influence of god over my life my spirit 
my actions, my speech, my desire. Ungodliness. Worldly lust. Worldly lusts are sinful pleasures. But more than that, perhaps its best definition is short-sightedness. It is living only for the moment. It is living without eternity in mind. It is living without understanding. I'm going through a process of being trained and taught how to be a member of the royal family. Amen. And so... Short-sightedness is when you just begin to live for the moment. Amen. The world says when it feels good, do it. Amen. And so grace teaches you not to live like that. It teaches you to judge your life not by the moment, but by eternity. Now, now think about that. What's this really going to matter Not eternity from now, but just five years from now. Some of the stuff that we get bent out of shape about, about each other sometimes in a church. Or somebody does something, somebody says something, people say things, do things, we get our feelings hurt, we get mad, we get warped out of shape. But my question is, just stop for a moment and ask yourself, five five years from now, what will that matter? You won't even remember it in five years. And yet people will, they will endanger their royal connection for that momentary revenge. And we all like to get it. My Lord, you're helping me out tonight. Things that we could not show God are things that would be considered worldly love. Amen. That's the effect of grace. It teaches us first to deny. Say no. Just say no. To what? Godless living and short-sightedness. <laughs> Are you writing these down? I may not be able to do this again. Amen. And once... You get the hang of that. Then it's able to shift gears and move toward the positive aspect. Now the effect of grace is not negative, but it's positive. Teaching us that denying ungodliness and worldliness. We should live soberly. Righteously, godly in this present world. Three very simple things, and I'm going to close. Soberly. Everybody say soberly. That means sound-minded. To live with wisdom. But more so, one translator said, it speaks of controlling yourself. Soberly. Controlling myself. Now, I'm the only one that has that chain to stop that reaction 
I'm, I'm the only one that has the bridle of that tongue to keep that word back. I'm the only one that has the ability to not react in a certain way. And so my responsibility is to live soberly or to live with myself in control. Somebody else shouldn't have to be calling the shots on me. Somebody else shouldn't have to be telling me, hey, you're out of line. I should already realize, whoop, you can't do that. Get back in line here. Number two, I should live righteously, rightly, rightly. What's right? Then do it. Just stop and ask yourself, is it right to do that? Well, even if it is right to do it, is it good to do that? Amen. Godly. That's that next step. Godly. Everybody say godly. That means to live with God or in God. Devoted to God. A God-filled life or a God-honored life. That if we would just go through our daily living trying to honor Him, I promise you, it would take care of every sin question in our life. It would take care of every bad attitude that we ever wrestle against. It would take care of every reaction that we want to make or everything that we think that that is contrary to the will of God. If we just have one desire, I want my life to honor Him today. I don't want to do anything that would bring dishonor to Him. I don't want to act in a way. I don't want to fail to fulfill my responsibility as a member of the royal family. I don't want to wear the wrong thing. I I don't want to do the wrong thing because I represent him to the world. And because I represent him to the world, I want to act as a child of the king. Amen. The education of the child of God. Teaching us. Amen. Teaching us. Teaching us. Educating us about the rules of the family, about the protocols of the family of God. Amen. Don't fight it. Just embrace it. Amen. Just say, yes, Lord. If that's what you want me to do, that's fine. I'll do it. Don't sit around trying to find 59 reasons why not to do it or how I can get around doing it. Well, it doesn't matter if I do a little bit of it. Man, just say, you know what? The royal family calls for a higher level of living. And I'm a part of the royal family. Now, if Meghan Markle will go through all of this abuse of herself, just so she can be married to Prince Harry, and gladly wear that title, why should we fight any expectations that God would have of us that we would elevate our living so we'd be like him? Let's stand. Amen. (laughs) Praise God. I told you, you probably would wish my brother was preaching tonight before I got. Amen. The education of the child of God. The royal family. And you know what? People line up around the world. To see what's required of the king's kids.
But when it comes to the church, oh, no, that's law. No, that's not law. You see, grace does free you from the old law, but it doesn't free you from the law. There is a law of life in Christ Jesus. Amen. There is a law of life in Christ Jesus. That law is really a letter of instruction. This is how you become a member of the royal family. Read it, embrace it, love it, live it, digest it, speak it. Amen. Watch it bless. Watch it open doors to you that no other kind of life would open to you. Blessings that will unfold in your life. Amen. I I feel tonight like I am blessed far more than I deserve. And I know that I am. And it's all because I'm a part of the family of God. Amen. I wouldn't trade for this. I wouldn't trade. People don't understand it. Why do you go to church so much? My neighbors look at me coming out Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night. They look at me like, what's happened to you? Nothing's, you know, it's like you, you have, no, 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 no. I don't have to do this. I love doing it. And do you think being a part of the family of God And do you think, do you think that Meghan Markle will ever duck her head and apologize for having those kind of protocols in her life? I'm sorry, but I'm I'm royalty. I can't do that. I'm I'm sorry. I'm royalty. I can't. (laughs) Not on your life. And yet so many times when we're trying to to witness to somebody, all they see of us is that negative side of our experience. And what we have to do is find a way to show them, hey, if you ever get a taste of what it's like to be in the royal family, there's no restriction, there's, there's no rules that you wouldn't submit to because the blessings that come. Do you know she gets to see, I think, does she get to see the royal treasure? She has access to the royal treasure. My brother's seen part of it. I've never been there, but I'd love to go. She has access to that now that she's going to be a part of the family. You know what they say the worth of the royal family is right now? $1.9 billion. Just to maintain... Something that is strictly form and formality. They don't, really as far as I know, they they don't make laws for England. They They don't have power over the judicial system. They might have influence, but they don't really have the power. It's just a royal figurehead that's been maintained through the years. And yet I've never seen Queen Elizabeth ever take the tuck head, if you know what that is, of being queen. When she comes out, everybody knows she's coming out. 
I mean, the bands are playing and people are standing at a team. That's the way it ought to be living for God. We don't need to duck our head and act like we're some third grade citizen. Hey, I'm a part of the family of God. I have the privilege of living an elevated life. I have a privilege of the access to the treasures of the king's house. All because of grace. (laughs) Amen. Aren't you glad grace came into your life? And now grace is trying to teach us. Don't fight what grace is trying to do in your life. Go ahead. If it's trying to draw you close to him, say yes. Let it draw you close to him. If it's teaching you, you don't need that anymore, let go of that. Let go of it. Quit trying to hold on to stuff that God's trying to get you away from to get you to a better place. You won't need that stuff where you're going. Let's lift our hands and praise him right now. Hallelujah. 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 Hallelujah.